Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Hello everyone, this is Pastor Chet Haney with the His Mighty Hand radio podcast and broadcast. It's a delight to have you here with us listening today. Thank you so much for taking a little part of your time, uh, wherever you may be right now. And I'm also delighted to welcome back to our studio, Mr. J.C. Ivers, who is our student pastor here at Highland Terrace. Thanks, J.C., for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, he shared with us last time on our uh, episode about becoming a new dad and uh, the excitement of that. And we were talking a moment ago, J.C. in studio, which was our last episode, of course, uh, we were talking about relationships and how important it is to cultivate relationships, to be very intentional about that, even if it's hard work. It's worth it because uh, life can become lonely if we don't make that a priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we talked about coming to church and finding yeah. church family. I think I think we have a tendency to overly formalize things. And I don't want to uh, push against, you know, doing things intentionally and formally. I think that's important. But um Sometimes we don't have enough room for relationship. We don't give enough time to it. And we just, like every area of our life, we kind of have a tendency to pass people by. And how are you doing? I'm fine. And, yeah. You know, and that can be the surface level relationship that we have at church a lot of the time. Um, and uh, not very helpful. One of my former pastors uh, defined fine in that context as meaning freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Wow. And I think there's some truth to that. We just like so to So let's hide just it. skip the small talk and yeah. let's get honest. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That's what we have to do. I'm freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yep. I'm fine. How about yeah. you? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a good word. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that are freaking people out today in this crazy culture we're living in i just uh can't believe the uh you know just the standards and the morals or lack thereof and you know just uh stuff going on that we just have to deal with and this world that we're giving to our kids and grandkids it's so hostile to some of our cherished values that we grew up with and we wonder what in the world uh has happened and where do we go from here and I know dealing with students, you have this challenge every day, um, JC, to try to, you know, invest into their lives and plant into their lives the seeds of truth and of relationships and character and just morals, you know, knowing what's right and doing what's right and standing strong. And uh, I know that has to be a huge challenge for you at times. How do you approach that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think there's just, like you said, there is moral decline and the difference between now and even when I was in high school, you know, I'm kind of a, 
millennial Gen Z yeah. cusper. You're one um, of those. I guess. I don't know what I am. You <laughs> oh, know. you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I remember 9-11, but I also know what yeet means. I don't know what that makes me, but it makes me something. Uh, it makes me a student pastor, yeet. I think. Yeet. Yeah. And that means what? Well, that's a good question. It, I would say it means <laughs> to move something quickly. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard to define. A couple of years ago, everything was lit. Everything, yeah. And uh, that uh, ski trip cup that you have right there in your hand that you're drinking coffee out of today was purchased on a ski trip at uh, Breckenridge. And I told the girls that I was hanging out with that day, you know, I think people just make up words. I'm just going to make up dirt. And if I tell you you look like dirt, that means I think you're really pretty. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I just made up my own word, dirt. And uh, every time I'd see those girls at church for forever, I'd say, you look like dirt. They'd say, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> I think you got it figured out. That was our little thing. So <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll have to learn yeet to go with lit and yeah. And my word, dirt. There you go. You'll have to learn to yeet something. <laughs> yeah. Which is to move it along. <laughs> yeah, throw something or, yeah. I don't know. If you knock somebody over, you're yeeting them. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But saying that, I think coming at them on their level is so important. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I don't, you know, you can't demonize that's anyone it. else. It's funny. I'm wearing a shirt that says, love thy boomer today. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's kind of one of the things, uh, that, as as much of a joke as it kind of is, mm-hmm. I think there's some reality to mm-hmm. it too. That that's a generation uh, that's kind of looking at the older generation. Now your and, mom's a boomer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and saying that disrespectfully, mm-hmm. you're a boomer, uh, yeah. and it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is disrespectful to elders. It is disrespectful, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and that's probably maybe a minor example of, of, you know, something that's going on in today's culture. But, you know, we've addressed that actually um, uh, taught out of uh, Luke Mm -hmm. and, you know, where Jesus teaches Mm -hmm. about loving your neighbor. The parable that goes along with that, of course, is Mm -hmm. a good Samaritan. And, uh, you know, one of our students told me recently that just the teaching that we'd gone through on the parable, the good Samaritan and really putting into context of, you think about the worst kind of person you can think of mm. that you're just in your mind, you're just real against that kind of person. Mm-hmm. That's your Samaritan. Mm. Um, wow. You know, putting that into context and, mm-hmm. and meeting them somewhere, people you know, you despise. Yeah. People you despise and mm-hmm. maybe love thy boomers a joke, but mm-hmm. it's a joke that they understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an application that they understand. So I think mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, you know, of course, not moving across the boundaries of sin, right. but uh, being able to, you know, say, okay, I'm I'm trying to understand exactly where you're at, what issues mm-hmm. are most relevant to you, yeah, um, and let's see what the Bible says about those. You know, not what your parents that went to church said about them or anything else. Let's investigate it together and right. see what God's word says. Right. You know. So, is that kind of your vision, uh, JC, as youth? Pastor here is to build a culture where students can engage um, with you and with our church and and really with the gospel in a way that remains relevant to who they are, but also um, 
you know, loving in, in terms of reaching across the culture to old fogies like me, the boomers <laughs> and others, you know, uh, maybe despised people yeah. who may need to, uh, to show Jesus to. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, just as far as a really big, um, broad statement of what would be great, I think, to mm-hmm. see in a student ministry is just mm-hmm. a place where students feel safe mm-hmm. to be themselves and yeah. ask difficult questions, right. you know, knowing that... Got to work through those. Right. Just somewhere. for doing that, they're mm-hmm. not going to be rejected. Right. In fact, they're going to be invited to do that. Mm-hmm. And to the best of the ability for myself and any of our volunteers... Uh, yeah. That, that they're going to get an answer, even if that answer is, I don't know, let's discover it together or do yeah. our best, you know. Yeah, let um, me get back to you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually yeah. doing it. <laughs> right. Right. I think we have a tendency to run away screaming sometimes, mm-hmm. too, uh, yeah. especially with some of these big, difficult topics that our youth are dealing yeah. with these days. Jesus did not uh, run from hard questions. Not at all. You know, in fact, he actually brought hard questions to the table. Sure. A lot of times to uh, get us uh, thinking and uh, to sort of destroy uh, sacred cows that we um, set up as idols, you know. Yeah. Just like Moses would smash the commandments before the sacred cow of the uh, people of Israel, Jesus did the same thing often with his teaching, you know, challenging our presuppositions and challenging our legalism and helping us to see the kingdom was very different, you know, in his estimation than it was in the uh, pervasive religious thought of the moment. So that's, um, you know, something that's very hard and, and very biblical at the same time as just thinking about his words uh, to the, uh, you know, he didn't really always offer much explanation. You know, he said, no. tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it again in three days, which made people highly Offended. Sure. And um, got him in really, humanly speaking, a lot of trouble. And, of course, he didn't really bother to tell them that he was talking about himself, that right. he was the temple that would be raised up in three days. He just left them to figure it out. Isn't that something? How, uh, Jesus was uh, very, very challenging to the status quo of our, uh, you know, what we've always thought religion and yet um in order to think ourselves through to clarity we got to really spend some time with him yeah absolutely absolutely i think um you know i think if you look at just not that the church has declined in any major way you know percentage wise but number wise we're doing well it's a unique kind of stat that we're looking at but um i think it's clear if you look around that uh, maybe the idea that, you know, because my parents were Christians makes me a Christian because I live in the United States yeah. or I'm of a certain class or race or whatever, that makes me identify as Christian. I think that's going away. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a healthy thing, you know, but just like you're saying, the, the look brand at, loyalty absolutely is gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but looking for something real. Is not gone. It's there. Yeah. People are still wanting something real. Yeah. Just looking at just how countercultural Jesus was in his day. And I think especially for our young people more than those of us that are a little bit older. And yeah. I don't even, again, I don't know whether to include myself in that or not. Uh, but, 
you have to be ridiculously countercultural uh, to truly follow Jesus mm-hmm. in today's climate. And, you know, I, I try and be open with that. You know, I, I tell my kids all the time, if you're going to go to school uh, and, and honestly share the truth of who Jesus is and, and who God is, what he's done in your life and the difference that he's made, that's going to be social suicide. There's a very good chance. Swimming upstream. Absolutely. Completely. It's difficult. Um, yeah. But, you know, whoever uh, loses his life will find it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. What a great challenge to be radically counter-cultural. Um, can I uh, put you on the spot just a little bit, JC? When I first, uh, you know, you talked about seeing the job uh, posting. When I first saw your uh, bio, um, something that really um, – impressed me uh, about you and made me want to know more about you was just seeing, uh, quite honestly, your work at uh, OBU. Oh, sure. Um, your grade point average, which was um, 3.8, and that's not a small thing in a very difficult academic school sure. like OBU. Um, it's hard. It's a hard school. It is hard school. Yeah. And uh, for you to bear down, buckle down, and uh, – and really excel there, took a lot of uh, maturity as a young man, a lot of uh, self-discipline. How did you, uh, you know, get the uh, inclination to go to college and work your tail off? Sure. Um, you know, I went to OBU as a music major. I don't really? even know if you were aware of that. No, yeah, didn't know that. I, uh, I was big into high school band and drumline in high yeah. school and took that over to OBU. And not trying to toot my horn or anything, but I discovered that Texas is a much more competitive state in those areas than is Oklahoma. And uh, OBU has a great school of music, uh, but I found that I just wasn't interested in pursuing it in the same way. I wasn't enjoying uh, participating in marching band and doing those things in the same way. I knew that God had a call on my life of ministry. And so I wound up changing my major to this. Uh, now it's biblical and theological studies. It was a little bit different when I went. It's probably a more balanced, well-rounded degree program now than it was when I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just called it a Bible major. It's a religion major with a Bible emphasis. Yeah. And um, the reason that I switched is because I knew God was calling me into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't exactly sure what uh that would look like at that point i just knew that maybe god's calling me to use my musical ability and he certainly has allowed me to do that but this is not what i need to be doing and so i thought i was majoring in something very general Mm -hmm. Uh, and i took my first class with dr alan bandy it was probably as hard as any class I've ever taken, including graduate work. In your life. Yeah. It was uh, Life and Literature of Paul. Um, and he had us working our tails off. We were, uh, you know, I had to do research and find pillar points in Paul's life and ministry that I could date and do my best to extrapolate a timeline of his life and ministry um, mm-hmm. based off of, uh, those few dates that we were able to discover, uh, that was kind of the capstone project in that course. But that course and then many others, I just think I discovered a love 
for a field of biblical study that I really didn't even know the extent that it was there. You know, you didn't I, know how deep you could go. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I don't know that I could have done it if I didn't love it, mm-hmm. just to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to know. I wanted to know more. You know, me and my uh, group of friends, we would sit around and have discussions and theological debates late into the night. Really? And we just lived and uh-huh. breathed and loved it. And it's no surprise that we were some of the top students at yeah. OBU in that so area. So did your work ethic create the love, or was it the other way around? I think it was... A little bit of both. Okay. You know, I, I do think that I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of a person that's able to buckle down. Yeah. I'm a little bit task oriented. So if yeah. I can, you know, get the task in front of me, sometimes a large project, I have to break up like that and I can yeah. buckle down into the details. But I think the love of it is really what let me be able to apply that work ethic yeah. to it in a bigger way. And in ministry, um, how has that translated to your daily you know um you know typical day as a as a youth pastor sure yeah well i do have a tendency to um to be one of those people i want to stay in the office and i kind of want to do it all that's my natural tendency yeah when you know there's an event coming up or there's something that uh needs to be done uh, a natural tendency that i have is a tendency to say if you want it done right do it yourself and yeah, you know that kind sure of thing. that way you know it got done. Yeah. yeah so i have to challenge it you know i find yeah. myself i have to um pull away from that and make sure that i'm trying to uh schedule appointments and disciple with students on a one-on-one basis being so, a quipper absolutely yeah. Yeah. Amen. it's not my natural tendency that's for sure well jc thank you so much and i i just pray that our listeners have been encouraged to hear you talk about these things because there's a lot of people who are dealing with this culture, and it's challenging. It's scary. It's frightening, and yet we don't have to be uh, afraid. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And, and a lot of those things, the power and the love and the sound mind that God gives to us uh, are strengthened greatly when we apply ourselves to uh, you know, working out our salvation, working working at the things that God calls us to do with with our heart, doing our very best for the Lord. So we're thankful to have you here, and we just pray that God will continue to use and to bless your ministry, uh, both in the short-term and long-term future. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Amen, JC. How about take a minute right now, and I'd like you to pray, uh, just in case somebody's listening today who might have a teenager at home. Would you pray for that mom or that dad or... Uh, that family that God would bless. Absolutely. Uh, dear God, just for whoever's listening, God, I pray nothing but your blessing upon them, God. Amen. Uh, life is insane. The things of this world have a powerful sway, God. So I pray that you would form a hedge of protection around all of our families, God, uh, around our teenagers who are trying to figure out, uh, what they believe on things, God. They're trying to figure out where they stand. They're trying to figure out what they think. And they're being told so many different answers. God, I pray that you would empower the church and empower parents to tell them what you say and to do that in a way that is, that is going to resonate, God. And, and ultimately we thank you because we know that your gospel message is relevant to every person in every place and every time, God. So, so I just pray. Amen. 
Um, I just pray that you would empower our parents and our students uh, to to go into their schools, our, our students, to uh, try to make disciples right there where they're at, God, not to miss the mission field that they're on. And for those that are searching, God, I pray that they would find themselves in homes uh, or even if it's not a home, God, that there is somebody in their lives who loves them enough to tell them the truth of who you are, God, and will just not give up on them. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. J.C. Ivers leading us in prayer in studio today. Thank you so much, J.C., for coming. And thank you to all of our listeners for being a part of today's His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. I'm Pastor Chet Haney of Highland Terrace Baptist Church. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. I'm going to be talking today about things like laziness and work and self-control. And these are actually popular topics of non-spiritual authors. Did you know that? All kinds of authors want to teach you how to help yourself with self-help. And they've got books and they've got um, all kinds of websites. They've got online seminars. They've got um, speakers, authors. And the problem is... Those authors aren't speaking to you in your spirit. And the kind of help that I want you to get today is not self-help, it's Holy Spirit help. Uh, The Bible says spiritually things, as I said, have to be spiritually discerned. And so my prayer is that God is going to do a work today. But in order for that to happen, we've got to listen to the right person, don't we? So let's listen, not in the flesh. I don't want you to go home feeling, you know, like fired up, like you've got to really, you know, just sort of start lifting weights and pump yourself up and, and, you know, get motivated and work harder and, and do better. Not at all. What I want you to hear today is that, for instance, the gift of self-control, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? It's a very important gift that we need to have, but it's given by the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to learn about that, should we listen with the ears of our flesh or with the Spirit? Obviously, we're going to have to listen in the Spirit. And we're going to start with an unlikely lesson in Proverbs chapter 6. Would you turn there with me, please? Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to see one of the most unlikely Examples, which gives us, by the way, encouragement to pay attention when we go through this life. Because when God is involved in the Spirit, you can learn a lesson from just about anything. If you're watching and paying attention and you know the Lord is near and the Lord is always working, as Henry Blackaby taught us in experiencing God, God is working all around us all the time. We just need to join God in what he's doing. Remember that? Well, we're commanded to learn in this verse from an unforeseen expert, an unusual professor or teacher, an unlikely lesson. And who does the Bible say that we should pay attention to, church? What does it say there in verse 6 of Proverbs chapter 6? The ant. <laughs> Can you imagine that God wants us to learn from the ant? 
I'll tell you the thing I learned from the ant in my front yard is to be careful where I step. Because <laughs> there have been several times I've been standing there not really paying attention. All of a sudden I realize I've got ants all over my boots and up my jeans. and I'm just slapping like crazy trying to get them off. And they're biting me. And I really hate it when that happens to one of my precious little grandkids. Because they don't know better. And all of a sudden they can have ant bites all over their little leg in just no time. But that's not really what this is talking about. This is talking about an ant that can teach us something if we have the right spirit. And what is that spirit? Let's look at the scripture. The Bible says, go to the ant, you sluggard. By the way, this is one of my memory verses from a long time back. And I taught it to my little girls in a song. We made up a little song about it. I won't sing it for you. Because I'm not a singer, and I made up the song. I'm not singing it for you. Not right now. If you ask me maybe later, I might. But while we were learning this song, my little girl said slugger, like a baseball hitter. They thought that was the word, slugger. It's actually sluggard, which means what? It means an insolent, or indolent, I should say, lazy person. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now, here's the spirit that this verse teaches by implication. If you're willing to learn something from the ant, that tells me something about you. If you're willing to consider her ways, which means what? To think about them to learn from them, to observe them carefully. That tells me something about you. What does that tell me about your spirit? That tells me that you have a teachable spirit. Now I want to focus this morning on the value for a moment of a teachable spirit. Because you'll never be able to learn from the ant in the flesh, only in the spirit, specifically only with a spirit-filled, teachable spirit. Uh, A kind of spirit that says something like this to the Lord. Lord, show me, guide me, teach me, give me wisdom, strengthen me in the inner man, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and lead me into all truth, knowledge, and wisdom. That is the prayer of a teachable spirit. I want to tell you at Highland Terrace, that's what we're going for. When we talk about the importance of being a disciple on the upward way with that heavenly call that is giving us a new desire for spiritual things focused on the way things are where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, setting our mind on things above and not on things below. That requires a spiritually oriented, teachable spirit. That's what we want. And that's what we have to seek after. Because here's what you'll have with a teachable spirit. You'll be observant. You'll be paying attention to things. Um, you will be appreciative and grateful of even the little things that God does. Every little blessing, you won't take them for granted. 
You'll say, instead of, why doesn't God do something more for me? You'll say, after all God's done for me, how could I possibly expect him to do anything else? I mean, he's given me creation. He's given me redemption. He's given me his only son who shed his blood for me. He's given me salvation. He's given me the Holy Spirit to be my guide. He's given me the word of God, which leads me into all truth. What more could I possibly want God to do for me than what he's already done? You'll find yourself praying, thank you, Lord, because you're observant, because you're appreciative. Now, that's the only person who will ever take time to slow down enough to learn something from an ant. It's someone with a teachable spirit. This is someone who's willing to learn. I want to tell you something. You cannot teach somebody who's not willing to learn. (laughs) You might as well be talking to a pine tree as to try to teach somebody who's not willing to learn. I used to be one of those kind of people. When I was a teenager, I was so much smarter than my parents, I tried to tell them. And as I got a little older, they got a whole lot wiser in my eyes. And now I wish... I still had him here with me. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 